Even now, my ear knows more than my eye. My ear can catch things in the poem that aren't working that my eye will miss. When my son was 10, he asked me very nicely if I had a speech impediment, and I've never quite gotten over that. I'm interested in how close and vulnerable my voice allows the moment to be. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet poet Safia El Hello, New York Times best-selling author Anne Lamott, and poet and artist Jasmine Manns. Listen in as these remarkable wordsmiths talk about the creative process of both writing their books and reading their audiobooks. Plus, hear their insights into the unique intimacy of voice recording. Enjoy. Hi, this is Safi Al-Hilu, author of Home is Not a Country. I wrote my book as a love letter to the diasporic communities that I grew up in. I grew up in Washington, D.C., surrounded by other Sudanese people going to Sudanese school on Sundays and just feeling very much a part of my community and connected to my culture as a result of being a part of that community. And I wanted to make a book that reflected that very particular space that I grew up in. I've also loved the novel in verse form ever since reading Anne Carson's autobiography of Red when I was in college. And this felt a little bit like a way to honor through form one of the books that really shaped me as a writer. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be illuminating. I have a pretty solid relationship to hearing myself read my work out loud. It's usually one of the steps in my editing process, but I have never heard myself talk for this long in one sitting. And I feel like I learned a lot just about my voice and also about my, like, 10,000 accents. I realized I had trouble pronouncing... Oh, man, I'm, I have already forgotten how to correctly pronounce it. Bougainvillea, which is a flower I love, which is a flower that's, like, part of the landscape that comes to mind when I think of Khartoum and I think of my grandmother's garden. I just figured out how to spell it, I feel like, but the pronunciation continues to elude me. My relationship to English originated primarily as a relationship to reading English more so than speaking or hearing it. So generally, I'm like pretty decent at spelling, but no good at pronunciation. It feels like there are hundreds of words where I would feel confident spelling them, but I could not begin to tell you how those words are pronounced. I'm excited that listeners will get to interact with this book just as an auditory sonic experience. I feel like as a poet, part of my concern is like, yes, I want to make sure that the poems have a solid life on the page and look intentional on the page and are clear on the page. But my background is in performance and in spoken word. And every single one of my poems also for me, it needs to have its own full life out loud. Usually when I'm drafting my poems, after I'm done with a written draft, a written first or second draft, I'll read the poem out loud to myself just because I feel like even now my ear knows more than my eye. My ear can catch things in the poem that aren't working that my eye will miss. So I feel like this is kind of the natural 
other life of every single one of my poems. And it just is really exciting to me to have a book-length record of how I intended for the poems to sound for anyone who's interested in that. My dream narrator, if I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I can think of like a billion people whose voices I just think are so delicious and velvety. I love the voice of Aminatou So, who co-hosts the Call Your Girlfriend podcast. I think my friend Sophia Albarid would be a great host for this. She also just has a very yummy voice. And my mom has, you know, I'm obviously biased, but I think objectively, she does have just like a very gentle, lilting, musical voice that I think could have been quite lovely for this. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. And the audiobook was read by Nicole Lewis. I loved the conversational tone that the whole book was read in. I felt like I really got a sense of the narrator's character just in the way that the book was read. I felt like it was like my friend telling me this wild story of what had happened to her. And I also just think she has a great voice. Generally, I primarily listen to audiobooks while on a long walk. Especially these days, the main way that I will incentivize myself to get out of the house and stretch my legs a little bit and go for a walk is I'll have an audiobook and I'll only let myself listen to it while I'm walking. And that is kind of how I get myself to get up off the couch where I've been sitting all day, like working and Zooming and answering emails to walk around the neighborhood a little bit and have someone tell me a story. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. In a lifetime before mine, my parents, not yet my parents, only a slim girl the color of cinnamon, skirt swirled liquid about her knees as she dances, eyes cast downward, smiling shyly at a boy who mirrors her movement to the song, the little gap in his front teeth, cigarette tucked behind an ear and shirt unbuttoned down his chest, sepia hand longing for her waist, frozen, immortal in the photograph, wondering if they will ever touch. Hi, this is Anne Lamott, author of Dusk Night Dawn on Revival and Courage. I wrote this book because everywhere I went in the last couple years, people were feeling really traumatized and freaked out, both by global warming and Donald Trump. And I wanted to write a book that gave us hope, that made us laugh, that made us cry, and that reminded us that we're in this together. If I had to describe what it was like to record this audiobook, that one word would be traumatic. And the reason that would be traumatic is because you have to listen to the sound of your own voice with headphones on. And so I already don't love the sound of my own voice. And when my son was 10, he asked me very nicely if I had a speech impediment, and I've never quite gotten over that. But then to hear your own voice when you're up close to a microphone with headphones on is not a great experience for anyone. I realized I had trouble pronouncing chiaroscuro, which I always have pronounced wrong. And we couldn't remember if hummus of the earth was actually humus instead of the garbanzo bead spread. It is, in fact, humus. I'm excited that listeners will hear how I really wrote it because 
on the printed page, you can't quite see the pauses or the small smiles, but I think you can hear them in my voice. If I wasn't the one who was going to read my audio version, I would cast Lena Dunham just because I love her so much. She's just such a smart, wild, gentle woman of depth who has come through so much and who has the most amazing sense of humor. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. I got sober in the darkest summer of my life, more than half my lifetime ago. I woke up sick on an already hot morning in my minuscule houseboat in Sausalito, with gulls and pelicans taking off and landing outside my window and a clear view of Angel Island. I wanted to die. My best idea was a cool, refreshing beer to get all the flies going in one direction, as my late friend Jack once put it. I do not know what possessed me to call him later that day, but I did, and he came over and we talked for a few hours about our alcoholism, and somehow I haven't had a drink since. Hi, this is Jasmine Manns, author of Black Girl Call Home. The concept of this book was actually unintentional. I knew I wanted to name the book Black Girl Call Home, and I knew what I thought the cover should be. As I got closer and closer to writing the book, the themes became more present because they were most present in my life. My mom, my coming of age, my sexuality. And so as I dug into those things, these poems began to unfold. If I had to describe recording my audiobook in one word, it would be ceremonial. Because I've had experience writing this, and I've been writing for a long time, reading and writing this book for months now, maybe even over a year. But to sit with the final piece of it and to read it all back seems like and feels like a very, very emotional experience. When we got closer to recording the audiobook, I texted my publisher, Jen, and I'm like, Jen, can I make this experience colorful? And is that okay? Is that okay for me to talk how I talk and to experience this book the way that I would traditionally experience it? And that was welcomed. The family at Berkeley, Jen, welcomed this idea of me having fun and exploring myself and my voice while reading. It is spoken words, something that I'm deeply attached to. It's also a double-edged sword, too, because this isn't spoken word. This is the literary space. And so sometimes you want to remove yourself from that spoken nature and say, you know what, I'm going to focus on the literary appeal of this work. But I'm realizing like, no, 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 this is who you are. This book is not supposed to represent literary poetry or spoken word poetry. This book is supposed to represent Jasmine Mann's. And so the most beautiful part of this is that this sounds like Jasmine Mann's. And so I'm like truly excited to see how people are going to like really engage with my voice when when they know like an hour plus of my voice is sitting inside of their home. That is a bit weird and exciting and fulfilling. I'm most proud of the coloring of the narration. I think that my voice lends itself to the experience, 
to the character, to the multiple characters, because when you see this girl growing in the book, you see her at a point where she is a little girl. You see her at a point where she's grown and she's engaging her mother. And so I hope that my voice lends itself to the multiple stages that I existed in in those poems. I feel like my voice holds a tone and a comfort. I'm excited for people to be comforted by my voice. I want it to kind of wrap around them so that they know that this is one, an intimate thing that we have, and two, a safe thing that we have. And so I'm interested in how close and vulnerable my voice allows the moment to be. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, it probably wouldn't even be recorded. I can't think of anybody who I would want to read. And then I would say, like, Toni Morrison, but I'm not even, like, I couldn't ask <laughs> someone of that stature. But the late Toni Morrison, her voice, and there are just so many beautiful voices that we've heard in history. When we say a beautiful voice, we're not saying that the voice is pretty, but we're saying that the voice lends itself to the story. And some voices are full and they hurt and they represent moments and they're whimsical. And those voices are really attractive to me. And those, I guess, essentially are the voices that I've aspired to be like. And so truly, it's my dream to read my own words. And now... I welcome you to enjoy a clip from my audiobook. We didn't go to church on Sundays, but my mother cleaned the whole house, wiped from behind the toilet to inside of the oven. That was her way of honoring God, separating cloth by color, making sure nothing bled onto anything else, stretching pork across seven days because even poverty knows ritual. Baptizing black babies in bathtubs of hand-me-down water, one after another. A poor woman's tradition, but of its own abundance. That was her way of showing God that she had a servant's heart, that she was a good woman with all of the little she had. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.